Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast. Now, a lot has gone on these last few days, uh, yeah. especially in England and Wales. But before we rip into that, let's get a bit of admin over and done with. Flats, you get yeah. married. Says who? Um, says yeah. a little message I had from your sister. Would I be a plus one? <laughs> Again. Yep, I'm marrying Shanks' mum, everyone. <laughs> um, he knew it was coming. Um, yeah, getting married on Saturday, Tom. This Saturday? Um, this Saturday, yeah. Oof. Very low-key, very low-key. Mm. Family job. Mm-hmm. Nice little lunch, and then... You know, pajamas on and watch the footy. I think we probably won't do that, but get it recorded. Nice theory. Nice theory. Are you get it recorded. Well, no, we've got to have it on because my brother's-in-law, my brother-in-law, he would, he'd hate me if I didn't say it. But he used to play for West Ham, so um, he's football obsessed. I mean, the weather. Um, and my other brother-in-law is a truck driver, so he's basically a basically a football hooligan. I don't want to, you know, sort of broad brush anyone here. Um, so the football will be on in in one room. No, I mean yes. the wedding. Are you recording the wedding? Oh, because <laughs> I want to see your face when sh- when you you catch a glimpse of Freya walking down the aisle. And I've, have you have you seen the, the little videos done where um, a groom and his best man are there, and he just breaks down, and then the camera yep. turns, and it's like a set of golf clubs, or yeah, yeah. But it's not so much an aisle as I keep saying, everyone keeps calling Desk. it an aisle. I was like, this is a corridor at mm. a council building mm. and you're walking past, it's not walking down the aisle, you're walking down a corridor past other members of the public who are there contesting parking tickets. Yeah, and it's... And it's it's your, not quite like that, but... It's your dream day, so you can do what you want. I've always said that. Yeah, and that is eat, drink and be merry. Exactly, yeah. And a nice honeymoon somewhere. Pop out baby number two. 
Well, no, four. Well, no, I've been, um, yeah, I've been, um, I've been really good bloke about it and I've cancelled um, work on Sunday. Oh, no. But I am working on, I am working, it's Thursday, Tuesday where we are, folks. I'm working, uh, I'm away um, tomorrow being Wednesday from 11 in the morning, away overnight and I'm back at tea time Thursday and then I'm working in London on Friday all day so I won't get home till seven o'clock. Or half seven the night before, and then you get married in the morning. But I'm not going. I'm not commentating on the Sunday now because I'm a oh, great guy. Legend, fair play, like yeah. You've yeah. um. It, the thing is, those things were booked first. So you know what it's like in our game. It's like I can't but just. You, you don't get married every weekend, so. don't you? I mean, speak for yourself. No, but it's kind of like I. No, you're dead right. But it's like there are certain things where. Like I, I'm doing a European game for ITV, a live game. They're doing some European games, and that's next. I was meant to be doing this Sunday, and they're doing one next weekend in Exeter. And I, Topsy was doing one, I was doing the other, and I just, I asked Topsy any chance you could swap fella, so oh. he sorted me out. So cheers, Toppers. Yeah, cheers, Dropsy. Um, so you you swapped it? You haven't cancelled it? I have swapped it. Yeah, even better. Yeah, I've not cancelled it. Even um, better. So that's good. Um, that'd be nice, actually. Very, very simple day. And um, But of course, it's not because there's actually loads of stuff to do and I'm not here because I'm working basically for three days, the three days before the wedding. Mm. I'm working straight through. So um, it's going to be great, but I'm trying to do what I can to help. But ultimately, I'm not going to be here for much of the immediate build-up. But there we are. It's like a, that's like a dream, good. isn't it? That's like a dream day. It, no, it's not. You think it is. When you say it like that, it sounds like a dream, but actually... All you know you're doing is leaving the house to go to work and leaving everything to everyone else. Yeah, so there's guilt yeah. associated with going to work. And You've got to you say know. that because she'll be listening. When I say and she, tomorrow, Freya, she does have a name. My work tomorrow is a walk in the country um, and then a few beers in a pub and then a big dinner and a court session. That is my work tomorrow. Great work. The day after that is proper work and the day after that is an interview. Is, hey, here's one. On Beat Friday, yeah, go on. I'm doing a lunch for, hosting a lunch for MBN in the city, the Christmas lunch. Every year we do it and Every year it is brilliant because because they get they pack it out in London. They'll have five six hundred people there, and they get great guests. And we've had some amazing guests there. And this year it's Joe Calzaghi, which I'm going to talk to you about, and you're going to help me prep. It's Ronnie O'Sullivan, yep, and Eddie Jones. (laughs) I kid you not, (laughs) and he's still doing it. Well. I did get a call saying we're not sure he's out, then he's in. But apparently, he's, I said yesterday, he definitely said he's confirmed. He's, uh, he's definitely, oh, definitely confirmed, definitely doing it. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, that is. But a then good, I, that's a good lineup. There was a there was a suggestion that I wasn't going to be allowed to mention the job thing. I said, well, well, how can you, you not? Know, how can you not? Yeah. Um, I only just realised uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan, the Rocket, goes out with an actress who was in Footballers' Wives, and I think Hollyoaks as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. I haven't prepped for that event yet. I will do that. That's tomorrow. Um, yeah, so, yes, Tommy, getting married. Yep. Uh, but I've got a date with Eddie Jones first. It's amazing. Congratulations. You sound absolutely Cheers. pumped and can't wait to speak <laughs> to you next week. <laughs> no, I am excited about it. I just, I kind of, um, there are, it's funny because when you do like a bit of social media and you do a podcast, what you're basically doing is sharing, aren't you? You're an oversharer compared to people that don't. And um, yeah, people know a lot in about some, you. Yeah, in some areas I'm an oversharer. In other areas, I don't share at all. 
keep and your life private. Stuff I don't, yeah, I just don't talk about certain stuff and very much. And it's like, it's not, the only reason is, it's actually nice to have something that is still mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah, but it's just like, just, yeah, it's just like something that I don't, don't have to talk about everything online. No. You know, so actually there are still, um, there are some private bits, you know, because there aren't that many left yeah. really, are there, in our line of work? You're not Katie not Price, really. are you? No. Exactly. No. So um, it's going to be great and the food's going to be good. Um, and we're going to um great restaurant Zizzies. afterwards and a big, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a pizza express with a group, with a group on voucher. I, I did an event on Thursday in Pasture with Jiffy and Shane. Pasture in Bristol, Cardiff. Pasture in Cardiff. Yeah, great spot. Uh, Matt well, Ruskin. I know the Bristol Matt one, Ruskin. Yeah. You know Matt, don't you? Channel. Oh, I know him, yeah. Um, and... We arrived there, and there was a couple in their wedding attire that just got married that were in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, it must yes. have been. A, it was only a small wedding, so they there was the bride and groom, and there was three or four others with them, just on a table in the corner of pasture. They she was in a wedding dress, he was in his suit, which made me think it was maybe the third or fourth wedding. Yeah, I I remember going out for dinner on a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night in Bath, and I went to a restaurant, and there were a couple in a morning suit and a wedding dress. Mm. And I'm in jeans and trainers, like cool cool trainers, not like runners, like sneaks. Yeah, and um, Air Force Ones. Yeah, massive ones. Um, but designed by me. But it was like that is it's not an odd one because that's what we're doing. But we are there are twenty three or twenty four of us going there, so it's not quite the same but um and it's our it's our own little sort of room at the back there but um great food yeah great food but that is yeah that's unusual isn't it a little bit uh but we had photos with them and uh, they pretty made their bloody day didn't you yep it was the best wedding present they could have asked for yeah food was amazing though i really like pasture some of my favorites Um, bit of an issue that uh Freya's raised with me is that she listened to the pod and she thinks that I'm becoming grouchy with people who approach me. Yep. And I need to not. And then um, yep. we had someone on Twitter say, saw you, so we didn't approach you in case you didn't, because it sounds like you don't like it. He said it as a joke. Yep. Um, and you're more really than Andrew Potter, is what you're doing. I'm not that bad. Um, but I actually. Um, I went to a, a, a brilliant lunch um, for the construction industry on um, on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? What day is it? I don't know. Last week, this week. What day is it today? Tuesday. Went there on Friday. Went there on Friday. And um, Glenn Hodder was there and Paul Merson and David Hay. And it was really, really good. Like, brilliant. Yeah. I was legging it back. Um, I had to leg it back. So I had a motorbike taxi pick me up at half four outside and all the lads were running out to look and laugh because they thought I wasn't going to fit on it and I did so up yours um, but yeah it was you with your silly coat on but um, yeah so I was at this lunch and people coming over to eat high and I was like double I do I do like people I do like people coming over to say nice things like it is whatever anyone says it is a nice thing that happens to people like us quite a lot um, but then one guy walks over and he walks over and he just like he's like Dave turn around Dave picture there was no question mark at the end of his. He just said picture and like gave me the camera and put his arm around, but gave me the phone as if I've got to take a selfie. 
and I just thought about this. I think it's a basketballer. He's like, he might be Australian or I forget. There's a, there's an NBA player or something and there's a famous video or I've seen it loads of times of him walking out through a tunnel and someone says, hey, whatever your name is, Bob. He looks up. He's like, can you sign that? And he takes the hat and he said, what do you say? Can you sign that? And it's just a kid. And he's like, what do you say? Please. Of course I can. Love to. And I almost said, what do you say, mate? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I can't now. I can't because I've been told off for being horrible to people. Sometimes though, you just got to just, yeah, no problem, mate. Do it. Which is what you do, which is what I do 101 times out of 101 and a half times. Like, but it was a bit like, Dave, picture. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. Really good fun. And I met lots of nice people and people are very nice about the pod. People all think you're weird. Um, I still get, I'm going to a construction industry lunch in London and it's their big one. They do Lighthouse. They do it every year and it is massive. It's yeah. massive. And I don't know, 600 people, 700 people. It's mad in there. Maybe more. It's a huge thing. And uh, Pete Graves hosted it, the Premier League uh, football presenter. He was, he was brilliant. And um, so you, you go to these, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, what am I talking about? Talking about me being weird. People listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. So everywhere I go, where's Shanks? Everywhere I go, where's Shanks? <laughs> Walking past a table of a load of like, I only know they're Irish builders because I went over to the tables. Ten Irish builders. Where's Shanks? Where's Shanks? Does, ever, does anyone ever say to you like, how's uh, uh, Flats? Like, gets the uh, name wrong. Yes. Yep. People say to me all the time, oh, you do the podcast with, with Shanks, don't you? Don't yeah, all the time. I am all Shanks. the time. And do you know what else people say? I've seen your podcast. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> seen your podcast. Get it all the time. Seen it. You haven't seen it. I love watching your podcast. Seen this podcast used to do with Shanklin. You haven't. <laughs> you oh. don't see ours. Um, but yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about all of the stuff. I also, I was at a funeral this morning, Tommy. Oh. I was at. Uh, Brendan Perry, Matt Perry, the great Matt Perry, fullback, England, Bath, Lions. Um, his dad, Brendan, is a is a was a bit of a local legend. Um, we all loved him, and massive turnout this morning, mate. Massive, tons of ex players, tons of legends everywhere, and Pauli and me. Um, but yeah, it was uh, you know guys like even Matt Banahan were there, and younger yeah. guys all the way through to Gareth Chilcott and Steve Jomo and Roger Spiral and those guys. So. Kevin Mags, Magsy was there. It's like it was brilliant turnout. Anyway, that was what we did this morning, um, and I, yeah, I do oddly. This is an odd thing to say. I forgot how much I enjoyed funerals. <laughs> like you're not meant to say that, but it was fun. It was like nice, and the speech, the readings were great. And Pez's brother Charlie did a like he spoke, and he was unbelievable. Like if Barack Obama had delivered it, you'd be like, yeah. That's the normal standard. He was unbelievable. So it's actually, yeah. When I'd, you know, when someone time. dies and they're really old, it can be actually be a celebration. It can be, but it's the know. only time really a lot of people will make a, a big effort to come and you know pay their condolences. Yeah, you know. So it's weddings good. and funerals. Yeah, see, I've got a funny thing about weddings. I like I like weddings, but I quite like probably because. Like people like you and me, we, we, you and I do lots of formal events, right? So there's running orders and there's formalities. And the reason that most weddings are the same in terms of structure or roughly the same is because it works, right? But like, I just, the formality, I do so much formality that I just want, I didn't want a wedding with all of that stuff in it. And you've got to have some, but 
I'm even like, there's 23 of us. Why do we need a table plan? Because it's fun to have a table plan. But do you know what the reality is? And Frey will listen to this and I might get told off for this. But the table plan was meant to be drawn up by my 10-year-old daughter who couldn't wait to do it and hasn't done it, obviously. So she's got a couple of days to do it. It won't get done. And if it does, it'll be hurried. And the wedding, the table plan is just a scrap of paper on our kitchen table. Yeah. There is no table plan yet. So the whole notion of name tags or whatever they are and big table plans when you walk in and lovely bit of art, it hasn't happened. So it ends up being rushed and it's kerfuffle. And I'm just like, that is the sort of stuff that stresses me out is probably the wrong way to put it. But it's just like... It probably frustrates me a bit, even though it's got nothing to do with me, really, because it's like we could just leave all these bits out and just have lunch. It'd well, be really easy to sit with Well, you I like. can't wait to see some photos on social media of you. Um, I never do that stuff. Freya. I never post that stuff. No, but you will do because it's your wedding or someone. No, will I think post I won't, actually. Someone I think will. I won't. Hopefully, also, someone will. Also, this is probably a bit deep for the pod, but it's like. I don't know, every every relationship and former relationship is different. But like, my ex-wife and her fiancé don't post loads of pictures on social media. Not because anything's awkward, it's not. But like, I don't... Private you, life. Yeah, it's private. And we don't need to rub anyone's nose in it or anything like that. We, You know, I'm conscious of who else will see it. And I think, well, everything's fine. The relationships are all great. But I, it's like I had a, I had a mate say to me recently... Um, Bod from Vale House Kitchen, and my mate Bod Griffiths, and he, he does pork, but he does other stuff too. Um, but he said to me, well, I went, we went on holiday early this year with the kids and whatever, and I said on the pod, we're going on holiday. And when we got back, he, a comment to me he made, and he meant it, and he was like, it's great that you just went on holiday and you weren't posting and you didn't tell everyone where you would go, all that sort of stuff. It was just, I said, I hadn't even thought of it, but mm. I just in uh, unconsciously just thought, just give me a week where I don't have to tag anything or tell everyone or show off that I'm in a I'm staying in the Ritz Carlton in LA because that's where I was um, and I'm driving around limousines alright well um, I won't find them on social media but will, not you, will, you, will you send me a photo then yeah alright we are having photos taken yeah it'll be lovely great that's all I want it's going to be great and I kind of I just want to see your little round face with a smile on it even think. though we you people like you and I give it the whole cock of the boy thing when we're on when we're on you know on duty it is quite nice to be low-key and just not the centre of everyone's attention for a day. It'd be quite nice. What about the stag? It's going to be a oh, it was great. stag. It was great. It's Sorry we didn't invite you. It's going to be <laughs> Sorry we didn't. <laughs> Where'd you go? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like... Val Air. But this is, this, is an, this is another... This is an existential conversation now. But here's another thing, Tommy. Like, you text me the other day about the stag boy. And I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, Pauly should organise that really. Get off his ass, But... <clears throat> it's like, not that there's a best man, because I haven't got one, don't need one on the day, so I haven't got one, but he just organises things. But um, it's almost like, I look at my diary and think, when when am I going to go on a stack? I don't have time. And then I then I think to myself, I'm doing it wrong. Like, I'm doing life Yeah, you're doing it wrong, mate, because it's not about you, the stack. It's about all your mates, and it's the only trips yeah, they're it, allowed to go on. I mean, I don't have to come, do I? It's um, the only trips they're allowed to go on where they can't get... Anything thrown at them for going away? Or are you booking a lads trip? Are you booking a? Do you need me there at the airport? If yeah. I if I stayed off social media for a long weekend, your wife would never know that I wasn't there. If you could come and you could just chill out in your hotel room in your suite, you don't yeah. have to come out with the rest of us, but you probably need to be there just so we can take a couple of photos of you. That would be handy you know, around breakfast time, but 
then I can leave. It is very selfish of you not to organise a stag for your mates because some some of us, mate, this is all we got. This is all we got to look forward yeah. to. And I remember you when you were absolutely thrilled when I told you that I was getting divorced because you said there'd be a straight away. The first thing you said was be another stag in yep. three or four years. Yep. Yep. Which is the support I needed at the time. But training I, I don't. I, my, my point is, Tommy. I think I can't do it. I haven't got time. I haven't got time. And then I think if you haven't got time to go on a stag do, you are actually doing life wrong. You're getting it wrong. We're not meant to get to the age of 80. I'll never make 80. 65. And you're not meant to get to that age and think, God, haven't I worked a lot? You're meant to think, haven't I had loads of amazing trips and memories with my friends and I'm too busy doing stuff to do it. And it's like, mate, you've got to sort that out. You've got to, you've got to be able to just book time off for... Yeah. Don't yeah. live to work. Work to live. Having said that, it's Tuesday half two in the afternoon and I'm in bed with my electric blanket on doing a pod with you. So it's not that bad, is it? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We better um, get into it. We've done around twenty minutes now of um, yeah some of the the starter pre chat yeah. and yeah. Who do you want to start with, mate? Do you want to go Eddie first, or do you want to go? I want to go first. You've got you've got the whole SP on. Yours is the Welsh thing. I just want to say massive Gatland fan and try and keep it objective because that's our job, but big fan. And 
really excited to see what he does with Wales because they have been floundering. Although I think that ultimately Wayne Pivak, um, the results weren't good enough under him and his coaching team. I wonder what happens to the coaching team as well. Let's you talk about that as well. But ultimately, I think the system is so knackered that anyone is going to struggle to have medium to long term, you know, success in Wales without some changes being made. The other side of it is, and this has got nothing to do with anything, and there are proper journalists out there that will probably hate this comment, but I really, really like Wayne Pivak. <laughs> and not that I think he should have... I'm not saying they shouldn't have sacked him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I really hope that it's not too horrific an experience for him because the f- handful of times I've met him and interacted with him, I'm like, this is a solid, solid bloke. Really yep. good bloke. Yep. There are some people you meet and you think... You don't wish him ill, but you don't really think twice about what might or might not happen to them professionally. But with him, you're like, I hope he's all right because he's just seemed like a top guy. I agree. Um, and I think go. the way that he's handled the whole situation with dignity, um, there's been no blame. He's taken full responsibility. It shows you what a legend of a bloke he is. I think he had to yeah. go, especially with the results that we've had. Italy at home. Lost to them. Um, Georgia at home. Lost to them. I think it had to be done now. You can't wait any longer because someone's going to need to come in and at least have a Six Nations and a couple of pre-World Cup warm-up games before they actually get into the World Cup. I would say it's quite strange coaches going at this time of year, England and Wales, because everything's built towards cycles and most coaches become available after World Cup cycles. Um, I was surprised when Gatlin was announced as coach because when you when you feel and sort of in the press and the media that a coach is leaving and he's probably going to go, all these names start floating around, don't they, of potential candidates, coaching staff, a lot. Gatlin's was thrown around there and I, I wasn't quite sure, Flats, to be honest, whether that was just someone thrown it out there like Sean Holly gets thrown out there every single time there's a coaching position um, yeah. like, that comes up but you know he's does he want to coach does he apply I for think, these things I mean I'm not yeah. sure I think he's quite happy just doing the media I, I don't really good at what know. he does too yeah I yeah. don't really know so Gatlin's name was thrown into the mix and you th- I sort of thought well he ended in 2019 he was 12 years um, as Welsh coach and he's got Grand Slams, Championships, semi-final of a World Cup. For me, I thought he probably took Wales as far as they could go. And it was the perfect opportunity to get someone new in, someone fresh in, someone with a different style of of playing because it was Warren Ball for such a long time. But the reason why it was is because of the players that he had. So you had Jamie Roberts, for instance, at 12, who's going to give you gain line. Um, and Gatlin's, Gatlin's key to his success was simplifying rugby for a lot of people. It wasn't over-expansive, but what he did was get a team um, to deliver a game plan really well. Um, and it was all about gain line. What he had when he first came in was a group of fantastic players, me included. And oh, yeah. then... He had the under-20s that came through as well. So he had Dan Bigger, Lee Halfpenny, John Davis, Sam Warburton, Justin Tipperick, Tulupe Falatau, Ken Owens, 
he had this big group then, the core of the team for the next 10 years. He's not got that now. He's got the end of a lot of these players. So they're not going to be around for that much longer. Just look at their ages. And I know someone like Johnny Sexton, you know, keeps going and going. But a lot of these won't be around and they're going to have to be a new group of players come through. So he's not going to have the luxury of that. Um, there's a lot of issues with Welsh rugby at the moment. They've agreed on paper now, I think, a six-year deal, the unions and the club, uh, yeah. about funding, but that's a little bit too late for someone like Will Rowlands, who's yep. now left. I think he Mind you, w- w- was he ever going to get offered that money in Wales anyway? He might have gone anyway, to be Don't fair. Don't know. I think, this is, I think this is the big thing now, Flats, is that it's a false economy with wages in Wales at the moment. So players getting overpaid for actually how good they are you know they would never get a contract like that anywhere else and for me the reason is is because the lack of talent coming through so any position you look at you know i don't know a second row a 15 if there's not talent coming through all of a sudden and the four welsh regions teams are desperate for a player you're going to be able to up your wage you know you're going to be able to demand more because there's no competition and that that is why for me you get a lot of what i would say average players on big bucks because there is no one else behind them so yeah. i think when because at the moment welsh regions don't know their budgets right now for this season they don't know their budgets they don't know next year's budget either so i think there's going to be more realistic wages coming through now and it might be difficult to keep players. It might not. It depends on availability in other teams. Um, France, England, I'm not quite sure. But they're certainly not going to be on big bucks, which they have been previously. Yeah. So that's that's the governance of Welsh rugby as well, of having an amateur board at the moment um, is a huge issue. Um, academies, everything is, is different. Whilst when Gatlin came in in 2008, it was all... It seemed to be ticking over, you know. It seemed to be ticking over. There weren't the massive financial issues that we we see now, but because of Wales's success, Team Wales's success, people sort of forgot about what was going on with the regions. It's only now, since the Welsh team is having issues, that you actually start to look at the whole of Welsh rugby and the whole of the regions. So, well, Warren Gatlin's job is to paper over some cracks. Then, <sighs> I don't know. It's the honest answer. You know, I thought he would have been. He, he might be great to step up after two years and become um, performance director, maybe, and, and look at pathways for um, players coming through, look at how they're being coached, look at how they're being developed. But anyway, look, Pivac's gone. It's it's an awkward time to find a coach because a lot of the best coaches, as you can imagine, are tied up. Um, so he's in now, and you look at it, there might not have been many other people available with his caliber at this time. So for me, the biggest thing is flat is who he brings in with him. Yeah. So what's going to happen to those other lads, do you reckon? Don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if he wants to to keep Stephen Jones, if he wants to keep Jonathan Humphreys, Neil Jenkins, Gethin Jenkins. Um, it, it's quite strange because no one knows. I don't think. Well, Neil Jenkins will never leave, you presume? Yes. He's too much of a Gethin Jenkins was a major player for Warren Gatland. He was. And if you look at the autumn campaign, Wales made the most, I think, 
either made the most or were quite high up of making the most tackles, which is not a positive because you don't really want to be defending for the yeah. large periods. But tackle completion rate was quite high. But then Steve Tandy seems to be doing a good job at yeah. Scotland as well. Um, I don't know whether he's going to go for tried and tested and get Rob Howley back in. Robin McBride, who's at Leinster, who's doing a, a fantastic job there. Does he want to leave Leinster on a whim that may, Wales might improve or might not? So, I mean, can we just get Scott Robertson and uh, Ron O'Gara to join one yeah. of them, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, That's a dream. Exactly. They're they're also, well, one of them is part of the conversation with England as well, isn't yep. he, Scott Robertson? You know, there's, and um, I, I honestly thought yeah. Gatlin might go to England. I thought he he might seem the perfect fit for England. Well, I got told by someone relatively relatively senior ex international who knows a few people last week that it was nailed on done mm. deal Gatlin to England. <laughs> but what what I will say, like uh, he is a wonderful man manager, and he's he's brilliant at getting the best out of what he's got, and he's and he's shown that with Wales with the limited yeah. players we got. You know, he he manages to get a hundred percent out of those players. He's tried and tested. He's got a brilliant CV. And sometimes you just need to change your voice, don't you, in an environment. And it can it can transform a team. So yeah. um, surprised that he was offered it. Surprised he took it in a way because it's going to be a lot tougher this time round than 2008. Yeah. But he's experienced. He knows what he's I doing. I was a bit surprised he took it. Like it's great. I'm glad he has because it's great for us lot to watch. But he's yep. he kind of his stock has been rising by the month almost, hasn't it? Since he yeah, but we left, can't play know? the same way that he used to play as well because we don't have right. those players anymore. We don't have a big, robust number twelve, Jamie Roberts, Esther Hayes, and Diolande, that type of player. We have to play a little bit different. We have to play a little bit wider. We have to be quite clever in the way we attack. We have to shorten defenses. And it's how he gets the best out of this this group now going forward. And look, it, I said it a bit of tongue-in-cheek, tongue but this morning on BBC Wales, it wouldn't surprise me if he won the Six Nations. You know, yeah. because Wales still have a good core group of players. Well, he can't because Steve Borthwick's going to win it. Yeah. And also... And Fabian Gauti. And, and so we've got to play France away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is... Yeah, there is that. But... But we could finish second or third and have a really good account of ourselves. Um, but I don't know whether it's going to be two-year one flats and, and whether he's just sort of going to see how it goes and, and see the success, but steer us through to the World Cup um, and take a view on it after that and just steady the ship until the WU find a long-term replacement or... Or what he's going to do. It seems quite open-ended. It seems he's got two years with the option of, of more. So I don't know who's got that option, whose decision it is. But we have to work on our attack. We have to find yeah. a way in which Wales can utilise and get the best out of the players in attack. I think defence isn't my, my biggest worry. My, my worry is scoring more than 1.7 tries a game. Because okay. you're not going to win many games. And that is that is it. Well done. Yep. Shall we well done. Shall we go good to Good luck, Gats. Yeah, good luck, Gats, because we all love him. Yeah, so in a way, it's quite convenient we ended up doing our podcast on Tuesday afternoon, isn't it, rather than the planned Monday morning, because yep. um, Eddie Jones out as well. Um, 
Yeah, when you when you look at what Eddie Jones has achieved in seven years, you know, he's got highest winning percentage, I think, of any coach. He's got yeah, he does. Six Nations titles, Grand Slams, World Cup final, you know. He's done a lot actually, but I think there are a there are a few things that ended up costing and I and I think sort of chief among them is this whole narrative that it's all about World Cups and I think to a point as sports people we can understand that because if England win if England had won a World Cup nothing else would have mattered like people talk about the year England had in 2002 England had an epic year in 2002 and leading into the World Cup in 03 but no one really talks about it because they won the World Cup so it doesn't matter so it's it's to the point where it's almost like you know like when I played for Bath we won the European Challenge Cup right the Parker Pen the Big Biro but it was a Challenge Cup when you're there, it's massive and it's great because we hadn't won a trophy for 10 years and it's great. When you look back, no one talks about it, that trophy. They talk about Heineken Cup winners and Champions Cup winners now. And it's weird because you get to a point where a Grand Slam is amazing. But you talk about, like you Welsh guys talk about the Grand Slams you won and it's a massive achievement. But the England guys can say they won a World Cup and that trumps everything. Yep. So I do know, I do get that. But at the same time, it's saying basically saying it's all about a world cup holding stuff back if that's a thing and all cards close to your chest and all that narrative is like you are asking all these people to like almost acknowledge that these games don't matter you're saying these games don't matter and they do matter every time you play every time england play should really matter it should really mean something and it clearly does to the players and and it does to everybody but being told it doesn't really matter as much as the games that are coming up in four years time I think doesn't sit well. It doesn't go well. And, you know, as I you know, said before, you, you're spending so much money to go and watch England, so much money being told effectively sort of a low-level constant narrative that, that these aren't the games that count. Imagine if everyone said, well, stop coming then. And I, and I do think that Twickenham the last few weeks, I know you've been there, you've been in Cardiff, but the atmosphere, you know, 10 minutes against New Zealand, the atmosphere was electric. Otherwise, looking back, it was about the most indifferent set of atmospheres I can remember. A lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it was so quiet. It was so quiet. And you think these people have spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds. If you bring your family, it's a thousand quid. Like it's a mega expensive day out with everything in it. You know, these people are spending tons of money, all of them, and they're not even cheering. There were people leaving early the South Africa game. They're just leaving early to beat the rush, get a train early. You're like, this is England at Twickenham against the world champions and they're leaving 10 minutes early to beat the rush. And I think people in the end were just like, it's partly to do with performances and I think it is mainly that. But I also think that <clears throat> Eddie Jones became kind of ungovernable a little bit. I think he was probably for the RFU difficult to manage. Um, so... I do think it's the right decision. I don't certainly don't wish Eddie Jones ill. All these people on Twitter, they'll say, well, good riddance or terrible decision. I kind of like to be measured about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I think it's easy to, it's easy to shoot from afar. I think that, um, you know, I think it was the right decision and I, I don't, I could eat my words out, be forced to eat my words. So I don't necessarily buy into the theory that it's too late to change anything before a World Cup. I don't think that. Not with the amount of it's, players you've got, Fats. Look at the players, mate. But 
look at the players England have got who aren't playing that well and too often you've seen players play brilliantly on a Saturday for their clubs and then underperform for England and you, you think are these question, you know mate. you know because you've got quite a few teams in England like we have four in Wales and there have been a lot of form players because the Gallagher is a really good league uh, is there too much choice is that the hardest thing for um, Eddie Jones was that he had there were, there were too many good players to pick from and he didn't know his best combinations whilst if you look at like Wales or Scotland it's quite easy to pick because we got less teams yeah and I've thought for a long long time that oddly a real advantage that the Kiwis have is that they've got a small population and it sounds odd that and it and it could be uh, could be bollocks but it's just a theory, but it's like you've got no choice but to develop what you've got and get the best out of what you've got. And the same in Wales, that, that overperforming national team. There aren't that many... In England, there's so much choice. There are players brought in and discarded all the time. All the time. It's happened so many times. So I think 112 different players have been used in the last seven years. And a lot of those guys have not got many caps. And some of those guys have been brought in. Some of them, are, he's really... There's a spine of players he's really stuck with and really given them an international career in lots and lots of caps and and all that. So it's not universal. But I think the selection has been unpredictable and often sort of contradictory. And there are things like, you know, the, the one example I always think of is um, picking Tom Curry at eight for half a season or a load of games. This guy is probably the premier six in the world at that point, or one of the premier back rowers in the world on at six or seven. You know, starting for the Lions and all that stuff, that sort of form. You put him at number eight, where he n- never plays, and but you have a handful of really outstanding number eights. Don Brandt Simmons. Don Brandt Simmons, Winner Polo. You know, Zach Mercy had brilliant number yeah. eights all over the place, and the reason was. Basically, the narrative felt like to us lot on the outside, you lot don't know as much as I know. If you were as clever as me, you'd know why he's playing number eight. And maybe it was to get somebody to midfield breakdowns a bit quicker who is a specialist because you're looking to jackal more and that's where you see the game going. So you've got a jackler at eight, so defensively it makes sense. But it had didn't have much impact on games except you didn't have one of the four best ball carriers in England playing for your team at number eight. So... There's all that stuff and you can justify it. And then playing Marotoji at six quite a lot. He's a, Marito's a brilliant player, but he's not a punishing ball carrier in heavy traffic, which is what you often need your six to do now. He's a brilliant line-out option. But Courtney Laws, when he's fit and plays six, he is a really effective ball carrier at close quarters. One, two, three defenders out. Really effective, repeatedly effective. And he's got better and better. Marotoji is an energy player, really good defender, good line-out option not a punishing ball carrier. So that felt like just, you've got one of the best second rows in the whole world. Why put him at six? Because you've got loads of sixes. Mm. So I, there was lots of stuff like that. And I was almost, I think you're, I think you're bang on. It's almost like there's an embarrassment of riches. There's almost too much choice. So you have to be really disciplined in who you select. And when you don't and, win, you know, people are always saying, well, you need to be picking Simmons. You need to be picking Dombrand. You need to yeah. be picking Danny Kerr sort of thing, because these guys were performing for their club. But then we, we were told repeatedly that premiership form had no reflection on international rugby, completely different game. It is. And, but it's kind of like, well, that's in that case, let's just all shut up shop and never give an opinion again. Yeah, but you've got to have, you've got 
base your opinion on who you think should play by a lot of premiership form because a lot of players will have credit because you know what they can do and some players are maybe a little bit quieter for their clubs but come international time they perform others you have to you have to see who's performing well you know yeah. whose confidence is high and the only way you get to do that is by Europe or Gallagher yeah that's it so it's kind of okay well there's no point in playing well in the premiership then because it doesn't get you anywhere and I think maybe you can't just swap the team all the time because you need some consistency of selection but there wasn't in a lot, in a lot of time there wasn't consistency but yeah. then what consistently did happen is that a lot of form players weren't picked for England. You know, Don Armand was one of the original ones. I mean, this guy yeah. was so dominant for a couple of seasons at Prem level and in Europe, played brilliant, brilliantly as well. Jamie George as well, another one. Never picked. Yeah, it took him a long time to get in the team. And yeah, admittedly, you know, there's all that stuff. And there's, you know, Sam Simmons, how good did he have to be before he got a few England caps? It's kind of, yeah. there's, all, there's, always, there's always selections you disagree about, always. So that isn't an entirely fair conversation because if you were picking the Wales team, there'd be lots of people who disagree with you. It's, it's just, it's just, yeah, yes. obviously. Yeah. But I, I do, I do think, yeah, I think there was, I think he was, he contradicted himself too much and disconnect with the fans, and the media. I think there was very little connection by the end. Yeah. yeah. And it's mm. in a way, sad's the wrong word. It's not sad because he's fine. He'll be fine. And he's, you know, it's not all about money, but if, you know, ITV said to me, we don't want you to do the highlights anymore. Here's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. It would soften the blow a bit. Yeah. And if I knew that there are other channels queuing up to give me a job, which I expect there are, mm. other countries queuing up to give him a job, he will ultimately be okay. But this will hurt, and you don't want people to hurt, really. But um, I think it's the right call. Fascinate to see who comes in. Richard Cockerell, caretaker, or temporary short term. That is massive. Like, it is... It's intriguing. Same with Wales. Like, it's a bit of nervous energy. Who's going to yeah. come in? Who's who's going to figurehead it? Are, are they bringing whole new staff? You know, what's yeah. going to happen? Is he going to? Are they going to clean everything out? Start again from fresh. Ronan O'Gara's ruled himself out. He's extended with La Rochelle. So, Scott Robinson is a lot of people's favourite who know the game. Um, an automatic. People, some people regarded as shooing as Steve Borthwick. Um, it's funny when I was at uh, this funeral this morning. There's loads of ex-Bath players there, and I was there with Lee Mears and Dave Barnes. And I said, "Who do you reckon's going to get in?" And they said, "Ah, oh, we reckon oh, we don't know, but reckon it'd be Borth, won't it?" And I said, "It hasn't taken Borth long to be king. He's become king at 43. You know, like yeah. it was absolutely. If he gets a named England coach, it's." Absolutely no surprise to anyone that played more than five games with him that he's going to be England head coach. to Leicester as well because... Massive, mate. You'd think he'd bring in Kevin Sinfield as well. And I... Do you know what I think? I think even though Richard Wigglesworth is still playing, yeah. I think everything I hear from Leicester is that those two work brilliantly together. Um, Ooh, okay. And I, I do wonder if it's a big step for someone like Wiggy because he's still a player coach. Maybe it's too big. I but think so. he is a particularly good communicator Richard Wigglesworth and um, mm. drives the team very well so don't know but you'd expect there to be a bit less of a turnover a, a less of a coaching staff turnover um, under the new coach whoever that is yeah yeah well it's all um, going on isn't it it's all going on yeah and it's it's all it's all interesting stuff um, also a couple of other bits of news um, Luke Cowan-Dickey's leaving Chiefs as well yes Yes, he's that. gone to Montpellier. So this is the thing, mate. 
this is the whole it's a bit like Wales when if I say something like these players are getting overpaid it makes me sound like I don't think Luke Cowan-Dickey is worth a lot of money I think he's worth loads of money but there is not a player who is worth so much money that it sends their club broke right so but the premiership clubs are in a you know they're in a spot where they cannot afford to pay the players as much as the players are demanding mm-hmm. and the, as much as the players have been being paid all these the last few years Joe Marchant, top player for Quinns, going to Stade Francais. You know, it's just going to happen. And then I did get asked the other day whether, you know, with a new boss, should England relax the playing abroad rule? And I don't know what your view on the Welsh thing is, but I think absolutely not. What we're seeing is that some players will go anyway. Some players will go. But while France can offer significantly larger contracts, Japan can offer significantly larger contracts. I think too many players would leave the premiership. Um, and I think the Premiership product financially off the field, there have been real issues. We know that with Worcester and Wasps, but the product at the moment is just outstanding almost every weekend. So that doesn't need diluting. So I think you keep the rule. What do My you think? worry with, I think the 60 cap rule is too many caps to start with. I think yep. it should be lower. I think it should be 30 or 40. And I also think they should take into account um, maybe the amount of games you've had for your club as well. Um, I look at players that come into new clubs like um, Liam Williams, Tolupe Falatau come to Cardiff Rugby, right? Yep. The fans, the kids get so excited by it. You know, they're, they're queuing after games to, to see these stars. And it's about inspiring the next generation because these kids need to see their heroes play. And yeah, they could watch them if they went to France or England, they could watch them on the TV. But having someone there watching watching these big-name players, these Welsh players that play for their their national team, for their club as well, has a huge um, benefit to it. Um, you're also looked after a lot better. Uh, you, you, um, you get more access to these players um, for uh, Wales, for training. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a fan for this rule to be there. You know there's a lot of investment that goes into um, bringing players through and, you know, from, from 18 to 20, 21, whatever age they, they break through into the team. And I want to see these players play in Wales. And I want to see the the Welsh teams and the international teams get the best out of these players. I don't want to see, I for instance, like, I know George North has come back to the Ospreys now, but... It killed me when I watched him come through Scarlets and all of a sudden then he left for Northampton and you're sort of seeing him in his in his peak. Not that he's dropped yeah. much, but I, w- I just want to see that in Welsh rugby. And the issue, I think as well, is that if you do get rid of that rule, lot, players will leave, not all of them, but players will leave. And I'm not seeing a lot of quality that's going to come and replace that. You know, it's not like, you know, the the argument for players leaving is that you know that there's more there's more positions available, so more youngsters will come through. Now, is there something that I've not seen? Are Di Young and Di Flanagan, Dwayne Peel, Toby Booth? They have all this um, unearthed talent that they know about, which they're all of a sudden going to burst onto the scene when players leave. No, we're, we're seeing the best we've got available at the moment, and that is my worry that we will just struggle so much in the league and domestic rugby. We're seeing a bit of a 
actual, I think teams are performing better this year than last year. Certainly have um, away in South Africa, which is a real good gauge of where a team is. Because if you can go to South Africa and come away with yeah. something, you're doing okay. And not a lot of teams have done that at all. Um, some of the Welsh teams have. Um, Cardiff won away. Some have been competitive, but much more competitive than last year. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm all for keeping players in Wales. And I think once they've done the hard yards of, I don't know what it is, flats, maybe 100 appearances for their club, 30 to 40 appearances for Wales. Yeah. You know, then you can go off and you can, you know, search for another team, try a different culture, play abroad and still get selected for Wales. But until then, if they want to play for Wales, they stay in Wales. You're just bitter and you don't want them to earn loads of money. That's your problem. No. I'm, I am. That's why I want it. I don't <laughs> care about the rugby. <laughs> I don't want to see Welsh rugby go even deeper into a vortex. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, okay boy. Right. Are we, are we done, do you think? Yeah, we're done, mate. We're done. I've got to go and try and find a... Um, oh, God. Went to view an antique uh, chest, that like, cupboard thing that we might... That the idea was we'd put our massive TV in the sitting room in to hide it so it's not just TV everywhere. And I did double check before we left that um, the internal measurements had been checked and I was told yes. Got there, measured it with my tape measure, TV won't fit, drove straight home again, hour of my life. <laughs> so I've got to go, and go and I'm getting my push bike, my foldable cycle with my hat on to try and go, my gloves on to try and go and find something massive to put a telly on so that everyone can watch football. It's not going to happen, I'm not going to find anything. Everyone's very stressed about it, but it's going to be on the floor behind the Christmas tree so no one can see it. All right? Yep, sold an old king size bed. Um, we're just moving kids' Not the bedrooms bed. around. <laughs> moving kids' bedrooms around. Not the bed. My wife found somewhere to sell it. I don't know. It's an online site, and a guy came to pick it up in a VW Polo. <laughs> <laughs> and when he opened the boot, when he opened the boot, he had a baby's pram in the boot as well. I was like, "Oh, mate, you've not planned." Did this, he get it on? Did he get rid of it? Um, well, we had to wind down the front windows to somehow angle. Uh, the legs Slap out the, the stand, window yeah, yeah. and the boot went closed and I said look mate I've got no rope I've got some bungees but you're not having them uh, what I have got is a bit of butcher's string we can maybe tie your boot down with that <laughs> so we not tied, Steve Spears he tied his boot down with some butcher's string oh my days oh yeah there we are oh my days yeah Facebook marketplace is where people sell stuff yeah that's just yeah Do you, um, know, that's, although, you know forget forget um, dating websites that's the place to go on apparently yeah, is it yep yep hey you how's tricks no it's you search wedding dresses and then you can search location and then filter on size and it's probably a lot of women selling their um, wedding dresses because they're divorced and they don't want to keep them anymore <laughs> oh no that's amazing. Yep. I, I don't know if it works. So I'm not no, I'm doing it now. It works. Yeah. I'm doing it now. Right, well done. Oh, oh, God, imagine that. I did get a baby seat, though. Got a baby seat the other week off Facebook Marketplace. I've got, I've got loads, mate. You should have asked me. Oh, well. Got a little spinning one. Yep. Easier to get Good in. Don't hurt your back. Yep. 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 Sick of it. I said yep. I've had enough. Um, right. Good luck to you, boy. Wish me luck at the weekend. Hey, 
Good luck. Send me some photos, right? I'm not going to put them online. You know me. But I know you're not, but I you'll wanna... keep them until it's my birthday and you'll post something. Oh, my so hair doesn't look great. Yeah, or I'm really good at that. I might keep them for 10 years. Or if, I like, if I'm bending down to like pick up something off the floor and I've got a little fat roll over my belt, you'll just zoom in on that and post or, that. Yeah. Your posture's really bad and you've got a neck like a pug. Yeah. Yeah, anything like that. Or loads of rolls. One bloke walked up to me. Um, Can you shave your head? That's all I one want. Bloke, you, you know, yeah, well, yeah, don't worry about it. I've got it covered now since you called me Willie Thorne. Um, I, um, I was at uh, Leicester at the week. This, this is the sort of thing, right? You know, when people like, and I thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm being nice now. I'm nice flats again. It, one, uh, someone who works for London Irish, and um, he's old. Guy, I forget his name. Not lovely bloke. Actually, met him loads of times, but I don't know. We don't know each other. But we say hi at games, and he walked over and he said, um, he said, I was standing with Topsy. He said, you know what's nice? He said, when you're getting a bit older, you're getting a bit older and you're letting yourself go a bit and you look on TV and he reached up and like flicked the bottom of my chin, my neck. <laughs> and he said, I look and see you on TV and see those jowls. And I think he's got a bit on him as well. See a bit of jowl on you, makes you feel better. I was like, cool. Uh, cheers, mate. We're off now. It's like you literally walked over. You don't know me. You said I'm fat. I've got a double chin. And have walked off. It's like that is, if I was a woman, you'd be in trouble, mate. I always say that, you know, if Mark Regan's in the building, just have a chat with Ronnie because you'll realise your life's all right. Not that bad. (laughs) And you come away from it feeling positive. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, I'm off to, I'm going to watch Cardiff Breathe um, with Gennaro's staff. It's our Christmas party on Saturday. Not working. Didn't work last weekend. Didn't work this weekend. Oh. I've had two weekends off and I've loved it and I'm going to sit back, relax and drink and eat like a fan. Okay? Oh, it can be lovely. You're going to feel terrible on Monday. Good luck to you. I'll also think of you and... Cheers, boy. Saying the right words. I bloody do. All right? Yeah, well done, mate. I'm flipping well do. Well done, boy. Good luck to you. Right. Um, Good luck to you. Good luck to Freya. Well done, all. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.